want to say welcome to all of our campuses and our staff is excited for us to be able to gather together again and just to lift up the name of Jesus. There's nothing like being in the room together. Just welcome to all of our guests, whether you're whether your first time or maybe you're checking out People's Church a second or third time. We just say welcome to you here at People's Church. And as we all know, we're in the middle of this pandemic, COVID-19, and I just thank God for our medical professionals, all of you serving in the hospitals and at clinics, taking care of patients and those who have this virus. And my heart is touched to meet with you and to pray for you on a Zoom call. And so I would love that opportunity to pray for all of you in our medical profession and just to hear what you're carrying and the load that you're carrying. And would you do this for me? Would you email me at medical at peopleschurch.tv, medical at peopleschurch.tv, and I'll send out more information to you about how we can gather together and I can pray for you specifically. And also, I'm looking forward to meeting with all of our business owners this Tuesday. If you're a business owner, I, I listen, most people around Oklahoma and also in Indiana are employed by a small business. So I want to pray for you because you've been hit hard through COVID-19. And there's already been a lot of business owners email me, but I would love for you to be on this Zoom call on Tuesday. Email me at business at people's church.tv, business at peopleschurch.tv. And I know the question that's on everybody's mind in Oklahoma and even in Indiana is, when are we going to get to meet again in our buildings? And it's a great question. Matter of fact, in Oklahoma, the state has already opened up. In Indiana, it's still at stay at home, so the state has not opened up there. And churches around our state there are some churches already meeting today. I decided that we were not going to meet today. I just want to continue to watch the data, uh, just to glean wisdom from uh, what's happening to ensure, number one, your safety. Uh, I really do care about your safety. And then number two, I just want to ensure that we're prepared uh, with all of the regulations and the sanitary procedures because you know, at People's Church, we're going to do things with excellence. And so we just want to make sure our staff and I that we're prepared to worship again together. And so next Sunday, I'm going to be making an announcement on Mother's Day about when we're going to open up our buildings. I mean, listen, there's nobody who wants to be meeting in our buildings more than me. Listen, I can't wait. I would love to be meeting on May the 17th. I would love that. But listen, next Sunday on Mother's Day, I'll be able to give you an update with some more clarity on when I feel like we'll be able to gather again and lift up Jesus in our buildings. Listen, I can't wait for next Sunday, Mother's Day. Not only will I give you more clarity on when we're going to meet but my wife, Tiffany, will be joining me on the stage, and we're going to be sharing together on how to experience and, and, and see some good news in the middle of the bad news. Because, listen, we've been homeschooling our children like you. You know how we figured out who was going to homeschool the kids? We flipped a quarter. I picked heads. She picked tails. I won. 
I'm just kidding. But <laughs> we, we, we are homeschooling the kids like you, and we're just trying to navigate that, and we've been at each other some, and there's been tension in our home, and we're just going to talk to you from our life on Mother's Day and give you some good news on relationships and motherhood and fatherhood and parenting and COVID-19, and we're going to do that together next week. And also on Mother's Day, we've got a special surprise that we're going to be blessing some moms with next week. And also Fred Hammond is going to be performing and singing God, singing his, his, one of his top songs for People's Church. Yes, Fred Hammond is going to be blessing People's Church next week. So just be sure to get your friends, your family, let them know. Mamas, get your kids, your grandkids to come watch service with you. Grandma, get your kids, your grandkids, get mama and them. Come on, let's make our 18th year anniversary. Yes, I said that. Next Sunday, we celebrate 18 years. It's a big Sunday next week. Fred Hammond, 18 years, me and Tiffany on stage, and an announcement about when we're going to meet in our facilities in Oklahoma and more to come in Indianapolis. Listen, I am so excited about what God is doing, even though we're online right now. And we're in a series called Good News. Good News. And the whole premise of this series is there's always good news in the middle of the bad news with God. And there was a farmer, and he went to his bank where he banked at, and he went in and had a conversation uh, with one of the bankers there, and he let him know, listen, I've got some bad news, and I've got some good news. He said, let me begin, Mr. Banker, with the bad news. He said, the bad news is it's been a rough year or so. And our finances are struggling, and I cannot continue to make my mortgage payment. I just can't make the payment. He goes, I, I got a little bit more bad news. He said, you know, you've been giving me, loaning me money for my crops every year, and I appreciate that over the last 10 years, but I just want you to know I cannot pay off that loan for all of the crops that I owe you for. I got a little bit more bad news. He he says, you know what, the equipment, you know, the tractors and all of the equipment that I use for farming, he says, man, I cannot pay that loan payment anymore. I, I just, I cannot afford it. It's just been tough. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you just my entire farm. You just take it and you just sell it and get whatever you can get out of it. But, but, and that's just kind of where things are. And the banker looked at him and said, well, what's the good news? And the farmer said, well, I want you to know I've decided to keep banking with you. <laughs> hey, that's funny, even in a room by myself right there. You know, that farmer was getting some good news in the middle of the bad news. And last week, I, I started talking with you from the story of Lazarus. And, and, and there was a key verse that, that said, so that about the story of Lazarus. And I told you, listen, if you missed last week, go listen to the sermon. I promise you it's going to minister to your heart. We talked about how God is a so that God. With God, there's always more to the story. With God, there's always 
always good news in the middle of the bad news. And what I want to do today is I want to look back at the story of Lazarus because there's so much rich biblical truth that's going to speak to our hearts on how there is good news in the middle of the bad news. And the first thing I want to show you today from the story here about Lazarus is this. Here's some good news about this story. God doesn't always come when you want him, but he's always right on time. God doesn't always come when you want him to, but he's always right on time. And notice this in John chapter 11 and, and verse number three. It says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Lazarus is sick. And in verse number five, it says this, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That's key. He, he loved them. Verse six says, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Wow. Martha and Mary want Jesus to come right away because their brother's sick. I mean, severely sick. And the Bible says, but Jesus stayed where he was two more days. I know they've got to be thinking, come on, Lord, we need you to get here right now. We, we need your help. We need you to show up. I think we've all been there before where we've called out to God. We needed God's help. We needed God to show up because there was a situation in our family. There was something desperate in a relationship or in our finances or in the business that we own or in our, in our job or in a friendship or, or maybe you're calling out to God about this coronavirus. And then God doesn't show up as quickly as we want him to. The old saints, I heard them say it when I was a little kid and I understand it better now. Oftentimes God doesn't show up when you want him to. He doesn't show up when you think he should. He doesn't show up and do what you think he should do when you want him to do it. Sometimes it seems like God is silent. Have you been there before? God, where are you? I need your help. I'm going through trouble. I'm going through pain. I've lost my job. I'm scared. I see people dying. There's a virus on the loose. And sometimes it seems like God is silent. God, where are you in the middle of my trouble? And even people in the Bible wondered where God was in the middle of their trouble. Listen to this in Job chapter number 30 and verse 20. It says, I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. And Job felt like God was being silent in Psalm chapter 22 and verse 1. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you been there? I know I have. Or you feel like, God, are you even with me? Are you even in the middle of this situation? He goes, why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do 
not answer by night, but I find no rest. God, you're silent. Psalm 28 verse 1 says, to you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Why is God silent sometimes? And let me just say this to you. I don't claim to understand all of the mysteries of the silent seasons that we experience sometimes with God. So I'm not claiming to be an expert or to understand the depths of it, but I do want to just briefly give you three reasons God is silent at times. Three reasons God is silent sometimes. And the first is this, he has already spoken, but you aren't listening. Sometimes God is speaking, but, but, but you're not listening to what God is, is saying. You're, you're, you're turning a deaf ear to his voice, and, and, and you've allowed culture to speak louder into your life. You've allowed people. You've allowed, you, you allowed music. You, you're, allowing, you're allowing television to speak louder into your ear than your heavenly Father, and you're missing what God is saying. Sometimes we don't listen because we don't like what God is saying to us, so we ignore him. And he's speaking, but we're not listening. A, a second reason that God can be silent is you haven't responded to the last thing God said. You haven't responded to the last thing God said. You know, listening is not just hearing in God's economy. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 22, don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. And sometimes God is silent because we have not done anything with what God has already told us to do. You know, God is a lot like food. God, God's word. God's word's a lot like food. You listen, the only way food will be beneficial to your body is you got to actually chew it up and swallow it. If you chew it up and then just spit it back out, you won't get the nutrients you're supposed to get from the food. And it's the same thing with God's word, whether it's from the Bible or God speaks to you by his spirit. What you have to do is allow the word of God to penetrate your heart and life and begin to live it out in your life to see the benefits of it. And if you turn a deaf ear to what God has already told you to do, you do nothing with it. You don't step out and obey the word of God. God may not be speaking to you now because you haven't done anything with what he's already told you to do. There's a third reason I want you to see here on why God can be silent, and that is you're not ready to hear God's answer. It says this in John 16, verse 12. There is so much more, Jesus says, I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. And sometimes we aren't ready to receive what God has for us. Sometimes we can't bear to understand and to know what God is trying to do in the middle of the situation and the circumstance. It's like a third grader trying to understand geometry. It's like, no, 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 young fella. No, no, young lady. You don't need to worry about understanding geometry. First, just learn your multiplication tables. <laughs> just, just learn to do times right now. Just two times two. Get that down and you'll get geometry later. You will never understand geometry in the season that you're currently in. And I think about my life. 
whenever I've been in the darkest moments of my life, and I've had a few dark, dark moments, and I can tell you for me, I didn't understand what God was doing in those dark moments. Matter of fact, there were a time or two that I didn't know if God was really with me in those moments. And it wasn't until later when I look back, I can see, wow, God was there. God was working. At the time, it was like me trying to learn my multiplication and wanting to understand geometry. I wasn't understanding it. But listen, there are times you just don't understand what God is doing. But listen, God's silence is how it feels, but it's not how it is. That's so important. You got to hear it again. God's silence is how it feels, but it's not how it is. God's silence does not represent his absence. If you're a Christian, God is with you in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the trouble, in the middle of coronavirus, in the middle of, middle of the economy just going down, in the middle of job loss being at its highest in our nation. God is with you. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 gives us this assurance that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us in difficult season. It reminds me of one of my favorite Psalms. And in Psalms chapter number 23 and verse number 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, some translations say the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me in that dark valley. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And some of you are in a dark valley right now. And when it's dark, it's hard to see God. When it's dark and maybe you, you lost a job and it, it's dark right now. Maybe your 401k retirement account has lost thousands of dollars and you're wondering how you're going to retire. And it's, it's dark right now. Maybe a loved one is sick with this virus and it's dark right now. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're just scared. You're scared. You're, you're full of fear and it's dark right now. And it's hard to see when it's dark. You know, one of the things I do not like is driving in the dark when it's raining and especially raining hard. And if I don't know exactly, I'm not familiar with the area, it really throws me off. And uh, once or twice a year, my family, we go to Nebraska to see my wife's family. And there's been a time or two, we've, there's been snow on the ground. And, and, and yet there's been a time or two where it's been raining heavy and hard. I remember being in the car driving, had my family with me, and it was pouring down rain, and it's dark, and I just get on edge. I just get nervous. I start holding the steering wheel tight. I'm just like 
just my palms are sweating. I get tense. I get nervous. I get agitated because, man, I do not like driving in the dark with a pouring down rain going 30, 40, 45 miles an hour, and everybody's passing you and passing you. And you know when they pass you, you're just frustrated because they pass you and all that water sprays on you. And then you think, man, those big old semis come by you, and they come in. I mean, it just sprays you. And I do not like that. And then, you know, I, I, go, I got to go faster. I got to go faster because, man, I just want to, I don't want these cars to keep passing me and these semis to keep passing me. And then I try to pass them. And, and you know what it's like when you're passing a semi and it's driving rain and it's dark. It seems like that semi is a mile long. You're just going forever and the rain is just coming and you can't see and you're thinking you're going to run into them. I do not like it, but here's what I do. Here's my strategy. When I find a semi going fast enough, you know what I do? I can't see very good. The rain is still driving, but I just pull in behind this big old semi. I'm not going to pass the semi. I'm going to let the semi guide me. And so I'll get behind it. It may be going 50 or 60 or 70. I'm not going to pass that semi because all it's going to do is spray water in my face. And although I can't see good, that semi is bigger and it's badder and it's tougher than my car. And so I just follow the semi. And can I tell you when it's dark and it seems like the rain is pounding on you and life is hard, follow God. You know what we like to try to do is to get ahead of God and the rain just comes harder and faster and beats us down. And the best thing that you can do is realize God is with you. And even when you can't see his fingerprints, keep following him. Keep obeying his word. Stay in church. Keep praying. Stay in your small group. Get in a small group. Keep following God. Don't pass God. It's more dangerous to try to pass God. God is with you in the darkest valley. Let me give you some more good news. Number two is this. You will rise again. You will rise Again, notice this in John chapter number 11 and verse number 23. It says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, these are such powerful words by our Savior. And, and something we all need to come to grips with is this. We're going to all die. You're going to die. You say, Pastor, this series is called Good News. Can you give me some good news? That's not real good news. Well, let me just give you some good news. You will rise again if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection 
and the life. I love this, that the word of God in this story in Lazarus, it points us towards heaven. And what I love right here in this text, what I love about Martha is Martha answered this. She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. What I love about this is Martha did not change what she believed about eternity because her brother had died. She didn't change what she believed about the promises of God because the situation wasn't, hasn't worked out like she wanted it to. Her brother was dead. She had no idea that Jesus was going to let him come back and live again on this earth. But she said, I believe in eternity. Heaven is our home. I know that he's going to rise again at the last day. And I got hope for you today. The good news is this. Heaven is our home. I don't know when Herbert Cooper will die. Oh, but I do know this. I'm going to spend eternity. I'm going to spend forever and ever and ever with my Savior. Let me remind every Christ follower today, heaven is your home. You're just passing through in this life. And the good news in the middle of the bad news is this life is just temporary. All this sickness, all this death, all this murder, all this violence, all this chaos is temporary. Heaven is our home. Hold on to God because we're just passing through. We will rise again. Number three is this. Number three is this. Jesus deeply cares for you. I got good news for you in this story. Jesus deeply cares for you. In John chapter 11, in verse number 33, it says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping because Lazarus is dead, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come, come and see, Lord. They replied in the shortest verse in your Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus didn't weep because Lazarus died, because Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He wept because he loved them. He wept because he deeply cared about them. God does not delight in your trials. Let me tell you something about your God. He grieves when you grieve. He hurts when you hurt. He weeps when you weep. And when you are going through the darkest valley, remember, remember, God cares about you. Samuel Johnson, an 18th century writer, said, people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. Oh, that's good right there. And I want to remind you today that God loves you and that God cares about you. God cares about your pain. He cares about your loss. He cares about your fears. He cares about your hurts. He cares about your frustrations. He cares about your disappointments. God cares for you. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, cast all of your anxiety. Cast all your cares. Cast all your worries on him because he cares for you. God cares about the very thing that's on your heart and on your mind. He cares for you. Number four is this. 
I got some good news for you. In the middle of the bad news, there's some good news. Number four is Jesus brings dead things back to life again. Dead things back to life again. Notice this in John chapter 11 and verse number 39. It says, take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor. The brother stinks. For he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want to zoom in right here on verse 41. So they took away the stone. That They took away the stone. And once they took away the stone, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That they saw the glory of God after they rolled away the stone. And you know what? That, that they could have just said, you know, Lord, why, why would we roll away the stone? I mean, I, I just told you, Jesus, he stinks. He's dead. We checked his pulse. You waited for two more days. He's dead. Why would we roll away the stone? We've given up. It's over. Kapush. <laughs> Done. Why would we roll away the stone? But the Bible says they mustered up enough faith and belief that they rolled away the stone and then they saw the glory of God and Lazarus rose again. And I want somebody to hear me today. You need to roll away the stone. Some of you, it's roll away the stone of unbelief. Roll away the stone of fear. Roll away the stone of doubt. Roll away the stone of sin. Roll away the stone of lukewarmness. Roll away the stone so that the glory of God can come Come into your situation. Come into your life. Come into your circumstance. Listen, we serve a God that can cause you to rise again. Roll away the stone so you can see the glory of God. A couple of weeks ago, my family went on a walk on some trails at a park. We just wanted to get out of the house. We've been hunkered down at the home, at the house, and family there all day, every day. And so we said, let's get out of the house, get some fresh air, go walk around this trail. And the trail is probably two or three miles long. And so we started the journey as a family walking. And our kids, they, they walk faster than us. Tiffany and I didn't try to keep up with them. We just let them walk ahead. And they got so far ahead, we couldn't even see them anymore. And we're just talking and laughing and enjoying one another's company and enjoying the fresh air. And, and we've been walking, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes or so. And, and one of my, actually all my kids, they stopped and they came back towards us. And, and, and they got near us and they said, we're, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We, let's, let's turn around and go back. Go, let's go back because... Because we're done. 
And, and Tiffany and I said, no, listen, we, we actually think it's better if we just keep going the direction we're going because we think it's actually quicker to get to the car versus turning back and going backwards. It's quicker just to keep going forward. And so we just kept walking and got back to the car. And, and you know what some of you are feeling right now? Like my kids, you're, you're tired, get a little weary, and you're thinking, I'm done. I am done. It cannot get any worse. My job, my unemployment, my company, I'm trying to keep it afloat. I never thought my company would be struggling like this, and I'm dealing with all this fear, and you, you, you're just, I'm done. I, a family member died of this virus. I got the virus. I, I'm done. I, I'm draining my savings just to pay my bills. I'm done. I'm done. I'm listen to me. Don't turn around and go back. Roll away the stone. God's not done with you. There's still breath in your body because God is not done. You may be tired, but roll away the stone. You may be weary, but roll away the stone. You may be injured, but you're not dead. Roll away the stone. You may have taken a licking, but keep on ticking. Roll away the stone and keep moving forward with God. Listen, the darkest hour is right before the dawn. Your God is a God that can bring dead things back to life again. He can bring a dead marriage back to life today. He can bring a dead relationship back to life again. He can bring a dead income back to life again. He can bring a dead company back to life again. He can bring your dead body back to life again. Don't you go back. You keep moving forward and roll away the stone and you're going to see a victory. You're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see God show up in your situation. Matter of fact, come on right in your living room, right in your home. I want you to begin to sing. We're going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, Shannon. Just lead us in it right now. Somebody's going to see the glory of God in your situation. Oh, yeah. We believe in Jesus. Oh, we're going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Before the battle belongs to you, Lord. You're going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. You're going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Roll away the stone. Before the battle Keep going forward. To you will Lord. rise again. I'm going to see a victory. You will rise again. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle Come on, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, roll away the stone, and you will see the glory of God. He specializes in bringing dead things 
back to life again.